joining the IPG Media Lab from each of our respective homes. I am your host, Scott Hutchison, and this episode was recorded on Wednesday, June 24th, 2020. So Adam, how are you going? Uh, great. Playing a lot of uh, Last of Us 2 uh, this past weekend. Oh, nice. Recommend. I'm still, yeah, I'm still on my Warzone grind. Yeah. I am deep, deep into Verdansky or Verdansk, whatever it is. Um, but we also have Ryan Miller uh, on the news with us this week. Ryan, what's going on? Not much, Scott. Thanks for having me back. Feels good to be on the podcast again. Uh, hey, you know, uh, we're always excited to have you here. Uh, and I'm glad, Adam, you were talking about Last of Us 2. I was talking about Warzone because we're going to start off the news today. It's some very hot conversation uh, around the streaming platforms. I would call it shocking. Spicy is another word for it. <laughs> spicy? Spicy? Any adjectives that would just be like, nobody saw this one coming. Uh, so, Ryan, I'm going to hit you with this headline, and I want you to break this down for us. Uh, Microsoft is shutting down Mixer, and they have paid out most of their talent, and they are then transferring everything, or not transferring everything, but like they're going to be working with Facebook Gaming uh, as their new game streaming partner. So, like, what is going on? What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, so I mean, Monday's announcement came as a huge shock to everyone when Mixer just kind of said, yep, we're closing up shop, we're pulling the plug on everything, and, you know, 4 million creators, go find a new home on July 22nd. So they did announce, as you alluded to, (laughs) that they are partnering with Facebook Gaming. So, you know, those 4 million creators aren't exactly out on an island where they have nowhere to go. There is an equivalency program that if you are a content creator on Mixer and you want to move over to Facebook Gaming, they'll honor your status and give you all the same tools to monetize your platform. Where it gets a little bit hairy and interesting is that Mixer kind of started this turf war a little over a year ago with their high profile acquisitions of, you know, Tyler Ninja Blevins and Michael Shroud Greasyek. But now these creators are free agents again, and they're very handsomely paid free agents because Mixer honored the totality of their contracts. So right now we're looking at Ninja being around 30 or $40 million richer and Shroud about 10 to 20 million. So where it, it gets super interesting is that Facebook went out and doubled those offers to those content creators. So in the ballpark of $50 million for Ninja, and what do you think Ninja said? I'm probably saying no. He said no, as did Shroud. So now wow. these content creators <laughs> are looking for opportunities to go back to different streaming platforms in order to find the most lucrative deals for themselves. So I think what ultimately is going to happen is we're going to see less of these exclusivity deals signed because there is so many less players in the live streaming ecosystem currently. And as the saying goes, the Twitch get Twitcher. So we're going to see a lot of people going back there (laughs) on that platform, utilizing their subscription, raking in that Amazon Prime money. And I think ultimately it's going to be a very good day for Jeff Bezos' group. Yeah. My just thought process on this is that, you know, Twitch is the bit like the biggest and the best place to have that type of content. And it just kind of goes to show that like Microsoft, you know, even with, with all of their resources, couldn't get people to switch over to Mixer. Now, I think Facebook Gaming has maybe a bit more um, 
potential, especially on the mobile gaming side of things, knowing that like they do serve a massive market for mobile gaming. Um, but Twitch just has that identity and brand identity of this is the place where you stream games and they have the community and that culture. Uh, and I think we're really seeing just how powerful you know their community around that is when it comes to being a live streaming platform. Uh, it's I mean, it's hard to compete with. And you, you hit the nail right on the head there. That's the death knell for Mixer is its inability to build a community beyond the mainstream adjacent talent that it was able to sign. There was, you know, some cool bells and whistles that, you know, users were excited about when they first got to the platform. But ultimately, there was nothing keeping them there. And it wasn't so much as a precipitous drop that ultimately spelled the end for Mixer as much as the stagnant growth. Year over year, Facebook gaming went up 268% last year. Twitch went up 100%. YouTube was at 65 and Mixer <laughs> clocked in at a whopping 0.2% year over year. <laughs> so, you know, the dedicated oh, audience no. that they had last year was not at all inflated by the people that they brought onto the platform. Yeah, sounds wow. like one new person joined Mixer last year. <laughs> yeah, and that's even without all the stuff around xCloud and Facebook's promises for the future. Obviously, there's an opportunity to go into some more in-depth kind of integrations between a partnership between Microsoft and a social media behemoth like Facebook. Um, but it kind of remains to be seen what the extent of that integration will be and exactly who is going to be leveraging what technologies in order to enhance their products. So TBD on that, and I think it'll be interesting to see how it plays out, you know, come release of Series X time in the holiday season. Well, Ryan, thank you for uh, stopping by with those hot takes uh, on some pretty shocking news this week. But for now, we're going to transition to our interview with Carolina from Snapchat uh, to talk about AR, uh, the Snapchat Partner Summit, and all the different products that they announced there. So let's dive in. Adam, I'm super excited about uh, this week's interview. Uh, today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Snapchat's head of global product marketing for Snapchat's camera, Carolina Arguez. So, Carolina, welcome to Floor 9. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, we're, we're super excited to have you here. Um, so just to kind of kick things off, um, some of our listeners might actually recognize your name as you were re recently on stage at the Snapchat Partner Summit. Um, so what was that like presenting to a virtual audience just to kind of get this uh, you know, conversation started? <laughs> it was really fun. Um, in typical Snapchat fashion, we never take the industry standard approach. Uh, we have such an incredible mm -hmm. team that looks at challenges as opportunities and thinks really creatively about how we can reinvent a canvas. So for me personally, this just really showed the power of digital conferences and how in some ways they can actually be even better than in-person events. They can be more inclusive. And when you start to think mm -hmm. outside of the box, you can combine creativity and technology to do something quite special. So it was, it was just an honor mm -hmm. to, to be a part of it. And it's, it's just exciting. I really enjoyed like all like the backgrounds that changed. <laughs> I thought that was, I thought that was very cool. Kind of really taking advantage of, you know, what you can do with, you know, AR, for example, kind of augmenting what we're seeing on the screen. Exactly right. We had to show off our core Snapchat LA heritage <laughs> on Venice beach. So yeah. who doesn't want to look like they're all on a beach? <laughs> yeah. It really, it really seemed like it was a, a, a keynote presentation that really embodied Snapchat's vision for the future, um, which I think is 
really cool. I'm glad you guys saw that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We love little details like that. But today, we're here to be talking about some of the products that were announced at that Snapchat Partner Summit, uh, but as well, you know, is really to dive into the camera uh, and AR and how Snapchat is thinking about uh, the evolution of the product. Um, and so to start off, I, I really want to give a foundation for our listeners, I guess, around the importance of the camera and its impact that has had across, um, you know, consumer behavior. So to start, you know, Adam, we've had this trend at the lab now for, you know, three and a half years called camera as an input. What is that trend? Can you give us a little background? And then uh, Carolina, I would love to hear from your standpoint, like how Snapchat is really thinking about the camera as it's like, as it's like foundation to uh, the Snapchat experience. Yeah, so camera as input, like you said, it's something we've been talking about for a while. And the idea really is that, um, you know, traditionally, when we think think about cameras, we think about them as being used for image and video capture. Um, it was very clear that even you know, five or seven years ago, uh, because of smartphones that was starting to change, they were becoming more about communication. It was less about capturing an image or a video to save it and come back to it later than to share it in that in that moment. Um, and increasingly, on top of that, it started turning into it's maybe not even about capturing the image or video at all, but about using that camera interface as a way for your smartphone to start to understand uh, the world around you. And uh, I think augmented reality is one of the the sort of easiest ways for most people to understand that, but it has a lot of other implications, including things like like visual search and and, and other interfaces. And uh, I think, you know, we'll, we'll get to some of that later, but I think Snapchat has been sort of at the forefront of this, uh, of this movement and of this trend for a long time now. Yeah, I mean, Adam, you are kind of really preaching a lot of the Snapchat philosophy there uh, when you're talking about the camera as an input and those transformations that have happened with consumer behavior. You know, I think in general, the world's perception of the camera is still that it's a device to capture a memory, right? That click of taking a photo. But cameras are no longer these objective pieces of hardware. They're now connected, they're intelligent, and they're powerful pieces of software. They can capture, yes, of course, but they can also search. They can transform your space. They can guide you to a place. They can entertain you. And you start to see the proliferation of the changes in the camera across different types of industries. And that's quite interesting, right? You even see it now in the fitness sector of having a camera smart mirror in your home that's helping you work out, right? To cameras on your car that are helping you drive and not bump into things. To cameras in the retail experience that are helping you try things on before you buy them. Cameras are really becoming something that's everywhere, and I think the reason why this is so important is because the camera, again, can do so much more than take a photo. And so, you know, for Snapchat, by opening straight to the camera and focusing on features like ephemerality and augmented reality, we have enabled the next generation to see their camera not as just a perfect curated device for recording special moments, maybe just on the weekends, but as a fast expressive tool for keeping in touch with your real friends. And that is really what the core of Snapchat is. That's amazing. Yeah, right. It, it, it really shows why Snapchat is branded themselves as a camera company. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it, it's, it's really not so much a social media app, but it is, it is a camera functionality and you're building from this foundation that, like I said, you know, is, is the camera, um, which is super exciting. Uh, and so I think that's a great transition, you know, right into this partner, uh, summit that you guys had about two weeks ago. Um, so just to start off, you know, I guess let's go over some of the announcements that were, uh, 
like presented on stage. Some big ones were local lenses, camera kit uh, that Snapchat announced, uh, voice navigation, maps and local businesses are kind of coming together. Why don't we start with, with the camera stuff since we have been talking about that. Um, you mentioned uh, the camera as a platform and one of the things that, that you guys announced last or a couple weeks ago was camera kit, um, which is basically letting the full Snapchat camera live inside of third-party apps. Um, and you gave some examples of some developers who were doing some cool stuff with that. Um, that is a, it, it seems like a pretty bold move, especially considering that uh, you talk about Snap and Snapchat as a camera company to like give that core asset and let somebody else build on top of it. What is the, the strategy and the strategic yeah. thinking behind that? You know, we believe that the camera is a new canvas that'll help everyone improve the way we live our lives. Online shopping becomes more realistic, entertainment becomes more immersive, learning becomes more relatable. And we know the camera revolution is bigger than just our application. And we want to help businesses, right. partners, and other platforms tap into the significant investment that we've already made in the camera. It's not necessarily cheap and easy to build up a really smart camera that has every AR feature, every visual search feature. And it might not make sense for a business <laughs> where this is just a, a smaller feature of their core value prop to make that type of financial investment and behavioral investment. And we want to be able to extend the value of the tools we've built, the platform we've built, the behavior we've built for others. And so it's, it's exciting. I think it's a beginning of how we start to extend our technology and become more of a technology partner for some businesses, not just, you know, an advertising partner um, or an app partner in general. Mm -hmm. You guys want to be the, the camera infrastructure company, the, the AWS of, uh, I guess, visual search, right? We'd like to help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think it's interesting that it's not just visual search or AR. It's bringing a whole bunch of functionality along with it, along obviously, of course, with whatever is in the pipeline, you know, in the future. Exactly right. I mean, every business would want a likely a slightly different application of use of the camera because the camera can do so much. And so you might see a retailer that really wants to focus in on visual search or maybe even a you know, museum that wants to focus in on visual search, you search for that piece of artwork that you're looking at and automatically the camera can recognize it and give you a guided tour. Um, so there's so many applications of the camera from, uh, you know, things like at stadium experiences or at ballparks. And we kind of talked about our MLB upcoming relationship with camera kit, which is quite exciting um, to even things like you know, different applications within the museum and art world. So a lot of different kind of exciting applications there. One of the other announcements was um, expanding the scan platform. So this is your your visual search platform. You've, you've had Snapchat has supported a type of visual search um, for a while with some integration with Amazon for, for product search. Uh, but now you're sort of opening this platform up to developers. So you showed off uh, things like uh, a third party scanning for nutrition labels and, and recognizing of dog breeds, which is pretty cute. Um, and, and also lo launching brand experiences off of a logo, um, which I know a lot of our brands are probably going to be super interested in. Um, how do you, what, how is Scan developing? How do you, how do you see this um, as opportunities for, uh, for brands and developers? And, and where do you, where is it, it going from here, basically? I think Scan is one of the most exciting opportunities for brands specifically. I think when you think about a brand today, think about the investment, the quality, the attention they put in their physical presence, their packaging, every single word, every single visual, their out of home, their end cap in a, in a grocery store, every their physical store, every touch point 
is happened with such care and quality and attention because it is the customer experience. And your experience with the brand and their products is a direct relationship to how you interact with that physical thing and how you see it and how they appear to you. Now, what's interesting is the moment that when people start to look around them, they don't just see the physical world, but they see digital content as well. It's really important that brands start to think beyond just their packaging. And they start to think about the digital layer around their physical goods as well. And that really is what SCAN starts to unlock for businesses. It becomes a way to train the Snapchat camera to when it notices your physical good to allow the camera to provide our users with the digital content that complements what they're looking at. And what we're really excited about is that we're trying to build an open platform for businesses to get involved and brands to get involved really simply through Lens Studio, which is our AR creation software. Go in and create digital content that can exist in the camera, AR content. And that piece of content that you develop can be something where you can show a step-by-step tutorial of how to actually kind of bake the cake that you are trying to sell or a step-by-step <laughs> tutorial on how to apply the makeup palette that you are actually looking at buying, right? And so how do you actually start to make it so that when people are using the camera and ours is the most used camera in the world, that you get to own the digital layer around that physical good to mm-hmm. enhance that customer experience. So I'm just so excited. I think one of the visuals we showed on screen was for Too Faced Cosmetics as well, which which was great. And basically, they built their AR experience that they're already kind of investing in in the platform, which is a try-on experience for their eyeshadow palette and yep. a step-by-step tutorial looking at the video content they've already developed that shows you how to apply it. But now it has an AR component where you're actually putting it on your face while that video is playing. And instead of just allowing that to live on the platform digitally, um, which of course they are, they're now connecting it to their packaging. So that another entry point to discover that AR experience, in, in addition to discovering it through an ad to fill your funnel with new customers, or in addition to finding it organically, is you can now find it when you scan their actual eyeshadow palette. And so it's really just about connection, taking the digital content you're investing in and allowing it to be discovered through the physical world. So it's, it's a quite right. exciting time for, for brands, for sure. Yeah. And so as, like, as a brand, like what goes into, I guess, getting like, my logo recognized? Is that like like a year process of like training images into this like machine learning model for it to like recognize like my specific logo or does it take like a few weeks like I guess what is like like the upfront work that might be involved to have a digital experience you know you know pop off of a a logo without any like QR codes or real markers So that's a really great question. There's a difference between training an image an exact image, and then training something like a logo, which can actually look different in a bunch of different places, right? If it's printed on this Mm -hmm. background versus that background color, if it's printed on a wall versus a, you know, napkin versus a poster, it actually has a different uh, variation to it. So you have to train the camera on a lot of different variations of your logo. However, Training of something like a logo where it has so many variations, yes, that can take a few weeks of work and a custom machine learning algorithm. And we are developing that for some of our core partners, which we announced Louis Mm -hmm. Vuitton on stage. And we've actually already worked with McDonald's and Coca-Cola. Now, that is more unique because, again, it's taking in all the variations of how those logos can appear in the world, which is quite broad. However, 
Yep. Any brand can get involved with markers, which is a simple image. And that's actually what we did with Too Faced. And that can happen instantaneously. Mm. So all you have to do is say, here's my AR creation that I've built in Lens Studio. And here are the images that I want Snapchat's camera to recognize and unlock this AR experience with it. That means that that image can't change. So the image of your product packaging on the front on the back doesn't change. It doesn't vary by color, et cetera, because it's always the same packaging. And once you submit it through Lens Studio, in literally a matter of minutes, once it's already approved and submitted, it'll work with Snapchat's camera. So that is instantaneously almost, and anyone can access it. You don't even need to work with Snapchat's team to train a custom model um, because, yes, that can take a little more work, although we're working on scaling that for more brands as well. Yeah, I think it's it's we talk about both AR and visual search a lot with our brands. We think we're very bullish on them uh, for, for brands now and in the future. But I think Snapchat, especially with the announcements that, that just came, you have one of the most uh, actionable platforms right now for both of those things where you can actually be um, activating on it in a very custom way right now, um, which I think is some of the barriers, especially on the visual search side um, that we've had with other platforms is it's just a little hard to get started. Um, so this it's awesome that you guys are uh, deploying that and again, making it available to everyone. It, you know, brands are, will use it, of course, but also just individual creators. I think it's pretty, pretty great. Yeah. And it kind of goes back to one of the hotly debated topics here at the lab are the, the benefit of QR codes um, is something that we, is that, that we always talk about, but <laughs> logos, um, as you, you, you launch off of logos, <laughs> you, yeah, launch off of logos. It's different, well, but it goes back to the behavior, right? <laughs> that Snapchat's users, they know how to scan, they know how to press and hold like that is a built-in behavior of just using the entire you know application. Uh, so it's a much lower barrier to entry to get them to scan something versus teaching somebody how to open up the native iOS camera, scan the QR code and then, and then go from there. Because again, I feel like the only time I have success getting a QR code scan is, is, is when I tell somebody that you can use a native camera app on like an iPhone to scan it or something like that. Yep. Consumer education is definitely a challenge with a lot of this technology. Um, I think in, in general, AR for us, you know, people still sometimes see AR on Snapchat as the silly vomiting rainbows and dancing hot dogs. And really... Those are iconic. They're I iconic. I, they're uh, iconic. They're, they're not they're silly. AR, those are iconic. They're superstars. <laughs> but, you know, the reason why those were so important was because it taught the world how to use AR. It taught them that a dancing hot dog, oh, wait, that's not just static. I can walk around it. It is reactive. If a bus is coming by and the hot dog is there, don't worry. The hot dog actually moves because it is realizing that its surfaces has changed and it moves with the train. And so we taught the world what it meant to see a 3D object. We taught the world that it is moving with your face, that you can turn around, that you can trigger it. So yes, we might have started silly. The technology is extremely advanced. The application felt fun and entertaining because it lowered people's inhibitions. It got them to learn how to do the technology. It got them to use the technology every day. And then after we taught them that, we brought in all of the utility now into the camera. And so it's been this evolution from starting in a place of entertainment into now utility, using the camera to find what song is playing, to find a product on Amazon, to scan a logo for a brand, or to find a tutorial for a product, or to try on a product in AR. All of that has sort of come after this foundation of behavior building that we focused on from the very beginning. Right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. The, um, 
Chris Dixon, the venture capitalist, uh, has said for a long time that the next big thing will always start out looking like a toy. And uh, I think that Snapchat <laughs> is sort of a prime example of that. Um, you know, I, I agree with you. I think that it's a big, that every new transformational technology needs a period of education where you're sort of accustoming customizing the <laughs> culture, the, the users and the culture to understand how to use it and more importantly, why they would use it in the first place. Um, and I think that, you know, you guys have obviously walked that line uh, pretty well. Yeah, that's one of our favorite quotes. <laughs> what other uh, thing uh, in in the camera and, and in thinking about AR that you, that you launched, um, which might be relevant to some of our brands, uh, is uh, local lenses. Um, so these are, you guys last year, I think, launched mm -hmm. Landmarkers with some, some specific Snapchat designed um, geo-located lenses for things like the Eiffel Tower uh, and the Flatiron Building. Um, and now you're letting users uh, start to create their own um, and share them with their friends and followers with local lenses. Um, is this... This is very cool. I think shared AR is like the next, uh, the next level of of, of uh, where it needs to go. <laughs> Welcome to the metaverse. Yeah. Um, is this the kind of thing that um, might be relevant for, let's say, retail brands who are starting to open up their stores again to sort of create ex fun in-store experiences quickly uh, to get people back in store after uh, quarantine starts to open up? Yeah, I mean, to explain a bit around what local lenses are for, for maybe people listening in who aren't familiar, you know, right now when you play with an AR experience on Snapchat, we call that a lens. And everyone can play with lenses on their own devices. And they can, of course, share them after they've recorded with their friends. But you can't join a lens experience live at the same time. That same exact experience where maybe you're building something live together in AR um, or a joint AR experience. And that's one of the key innovations that is being unlocked with our new local lenses mm -hmm. product that we announced. And so now when you go to these areas that we have mapped with pinpoint precision so that we can adhere um, a fun ghost that you can chase uh, and it perfectly is aligned to where the actual walls are and the buildings are. Um, or if you're maybe kind of painting or leaving a note for your friend, it'll be there in pinpoint precision at the exact place where you placed it. And so there's two key pieces of technology here. We're building upon our landmarkers technology, which you mentioned, where we started with mapping out with pinpoint precision famous landmarks around the world like the Eiffel Tower so that you can do pretty incredible things with it and it's in the exact place relative to where the Eiffel Tower really is when you're looking at it. We've expanded that to whole neighborhoods um, and we're starting with a large kind of area in Soho in London where we've expanded that mapping and then now when you're there and experiencing AR that's localized to that area your friend can actually join that exact same experience and you can see what they're doing through your camera. Uh, so in the real world, it might look like they're just waving their phone around, but actually when you're looking at them through your phone, through the same lens, you can see that they're painting and creating an incredible masterpiece. Um, and so that's really yeah. the power of local lenses. It, it brings you into the same experience. It is the beginning of, of what we really envision for a shared AR reality and a, a shared experience with friends or your broader community. Um, eventually, we definitely see it as an incredible opportunity for retailers or businesses to allow their customers to have a joint experience while they're there and create a bond while they're mm -hmm. at, at physical places. Um, 
for right now, it's obviously a, a very beta product and it's a technology we're testing with some of these really great high populated high streets and areas. Uh, but eventually, like everything else, we always hope to platformize and create it scalably so that anyone can help us kind of reimagine the world. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested because now I'm excited to go walk down the Soho and see a bunch <laughs> of crazy people waving their phones around. How many people can actually participate in I guess a shared space at once. Is it limited to like, you know, two to five? Can it hold like a hundred? Like, 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 what is that, you know, capability or on, on capacity right now? That is a great question. That was one of our biggest technological challenges when we are working through this, because one of these areas um, could hold hundreds of people at the same time. So there's two mm -hmm. key components. One is how do we actually make sure that we have kind of the, the power um, within the device to show things accurately when you have so many individual contributors to in a, a piece of artwork, right? So that's one mm -hmm. challenge. And then the second challenge is how does it look like when there's so many people contributing at the same time? Like, can you even notice it starts, does it start to just look really blurry if there's hundreds of people in your, in your frame of view? So we did two things. First off, there's different levels of how broad you can make your shared experience. You can decide to invite only your close friends and have a friendship kind of uh, lens experience, or it could be open to the community, which means anyone can be involved in it, which means the hundreds of people who are there could be a part of the same experience. So that is mm -hmm. something that's available. But from a visual perspective, uh, we actually took a quite focused approach where we only show a certain number of people in your exact vicinity and their kind of exact contributions rather than the hundreds of people Got so it. that it doesn't look too overwhelming. Uh, but when you take a step back, you'll see everyone's final artwork. You just won't see the paint coming out of everyone's phones at the right, same okay. time. Uh, so we kind of do this smart uh, dynamic choosing of, of the visual aesthetic when you're in the experience, uh, but it's still open to kind of a broad community or, again, can be self-selecting to your close friends. So uh, two last things that I want to touch on um, that are not camera related, but that uh, you guys recently announced that I think are interesting and relevant for, for our brands. Uh, the first one is uh, Snap Minis, which are basically mini apps inside of Snapchat. You showed off some examples from Headspace and from uh, Adam movie tickets uh, that let you sort of coordinate. Um, well, the Headspace is for meditation, obviously, and the Adam movie tickets lets you coordinate picking a movie and buying some tickets and selecting seats with friends right inside of Snapchat. Um, I think, you know, this is something that a lot of platforms have tried, but certainly the execution in, that uh, you showed off looks really promising. Um, so what is, what are you, what is the strategy? What is the, the thinking behind minis? We feel that we want to enable other types of apps or businesses to tap into some of the core functionality of Snapchat, like chat, which is such a core part of our application and our close friends network, to be able to make the areas that they're focused on even better and more seamless for their customers. And so when you think about Adam Ticket's extension into Snapchat and having this mini in Snapchat where they can tap into the existing close friend network of Snapchat and they can tap into the existing deep chat behavior of our application, which is so core to Snapchat, you can obviously start to see how you can create new types of more seamless customer experiences uh, with this built-in audience and friendship group that we've already built within Snapchat. And so that's really kind of the ethos around, around minis. And for us, it just means that we can help give our users a better experience and hopefully 
give value back to the partner by allowing them to tap into some of the core behaviors that we've built, like chat, like camera, like friendship, um, kind of core tenants of our application we have focused so long on uh, that they can now tap into quite seamlessly. They look great. Uh, I think the the other thing that we wanted to touch on uh, quickly is uh, the original content because uh, as much as Snapchat obviously is a social network and is creating all these awesome camera based experiences uh, for it, it also is a place that uh, lots of people go to watch video content. I think they, there was an amazing stat shared that fifty percent of Generation Z are actively watching Snap Originals, uh, which is awesome. Uh, and that might be surprising to some of our listeners and some of our clients who are maybe not, uh, maybe understand Snapchat as a social network, but not as much as a, a content distributor. Um, and you mentioned that idea of reinventing storytelling um, earlier. How does, how do the originals and, and the other, you know, content that you're getting from, from companies like ESPN and Viacom, how is that fitting together with the rest of the Snapchat platform? Um, and uh, how do, yeah, how does that fit together with with all of the other offerings that are inside of Snapchat these days? Yeah, I mean it's a it's a great question. And when we think about premium content, we really believe that mobile presents an incredible opportunity to have a really personal and immersive experience with content. Um, a content that's shot vertically and meant for consuming on the go and on your phone content that has been cut up in such a way that is easy for you to consume in the way that you're consuming content on mobile, which is different than a lean back TV experience. So I don't know if you guys have seen Will from Home, but it's one of my most favorite kind of recent shows uh, that was developed so quickly during quarantine. Oh, you need to watch it. Will Smith is like incredible. It's called Will from Home and it's been watched by more than 35 million Snapchatters. Um, and it's just such wow. a personal view of him as well. And it's, it's just a, a great, phenomenal show. I think we, we start to also see the migration of how our camera focus starts to enhance storytelling as well. Uh, so you're not just seeing an incredible use of how people are filming the content, um, and, but really how we start to integrate the customer to be a part of the story with AR. So shows like Face Forward um, or Fake Up, where you're doing makeup illusions show. It's, it's great. It's really fun. Now oh, that's user- super cool. Yeah, now a user can swipe up and try on the makeup illusions in AR when they're watching the show. I, I love that. I think the uh, one of the advantages that we have with watching video content on mobile devices is that they're computers, right? So you can do all of the things that your your computer that you can do with with a computer and with software. And I think that not enough platforms are taking advantage of that fact to really try to customize the behavior. And and you know, I think this is an interesting. I think everybody jumps to the sort of choose your own adventure uh, style uh, content that that Netflix has been experimenting with. That's like what interactive content, video content looks like. But I actually think uh, that that using an AR lens to simulate a makeup makeover while you're watching the show that actually may be a better mm-hmm. fit for the kind of the kinds of things that people are actually looking to do while they're watching video content. Yeah, or or even you know taking some of the characters out of the content and putting them in like in AR space in front of you, right? Like that, like it's really interesting. Um, I'm not sold on the choose your own adventure Netflix content. I did the whole Bear Grylls thing. Um, I, it, it isn't, 
I guess what from my experience, when I'm in like the lean back mode of watching Netflix, for example, I, I don't want to do anything. Just I just want to I just want to watch and enjoy, right? But yeah. in an environment where we see Snapchat, where people are used to engaging, they're used to make, creating filters and, and you know making content like that provides uh, you know I think the right environment to do things that are more interactive, like like the AR try on, like you know putting something in the digital space, like maybe having a conversation or you know scanning parts of your room and potentially putting that into the content, right? Like that becomes really interesting and you know fits the behavior that, that's already on that platform. I feel like again like that like you know choose your own adventure and kind of making that Netflix style lean back experience viewing interactive uh, isn't it it isn't catering towards how people and you know consumers actually view the content and what they want to do during that time frame i would say that the choose your own adventure style is more like a bad implementation of a video game and what snapchat is building is a little more like a an implementation of a toy that accompanies the content rather than something that is meant to be actively played which i think is it's pretty insightful. I think that was all of our questions, believe it or not. <laughs> Carolina, thank you so much again for coming on and nerding out with us about Snapchat and camera uh, and visual search and everything else that we talked about today. It was an absolute pleasure uh, speaking with you. Oh, thank you so much, Scott and Adam. It was, it was a lot of fun. 